Good evening out there in the digital world. Welcome to LCC's podcast, Pursuit of Purpose. I am Nate Luke, joined here tonight with birthday boy. <laughs> Sup? <laughs> Kevin Stokey. And all around uh, pretty cool dude, oh, Cody Stullerit. Thanks, man. You're welcome. Usually I'm like average. That's what people call me. Average Cody? Average Cody. Yeah, not like spectacular. You're anything. more than average to me. Thanks. Yeah. I did notice Kevin parked at the handicap spot church today. <sighs> kind of fits his age. Caught me. Got him. Hey, Kevin, how it, old I, are you now? 39. <clears throat> how old are you, Kevin? <laughs> Look me in the eye and tell me. <laughs> My detective says, lie. <laughs> He's right. I am 40 as of... February 3rd, which was yesterday. Yeah. He's already starting to grow his mustache. <laughs> yes. I started. I, I do have a mustache tonight, don't I? Uh, I decided. I'm I, Well, there's multiple reasons for the mustache. One is I'm 40. The other is I'm also driving a semi truck this week. So I thought it, <laughs> I thought it only right to sport uh, the mustache. That's right. Be that's one right. with what you are. That's right. Uh, Embrace <laughs> it. So I thought, uh, you know, instead of news today, I um, thought we might just go a little bit lighter today. And what better way to <laughs> start this five slash six o'clock hour tonight with just some Chuck Norris jokes? A little happy hour. Can you can you ever go wrong with a Chuck Norris joke? Really? No. Uh, so we're gonna start <laughs> off really strong here. There here are some there are some wrong Chuck Norris jokes. Yeah. So maybe not. We're those. not gonna go there. We're not okay, gonna go good. there. Thank you. Thank Chuck you. Norris joke number one. In the beginning, there was nothing. Then Chuck Norris roundhouse kicked nothing and told it to get a job. <laughs> Chuck Norris joke number two. The dinosaurs looked at Chuck Norris the wrong way once. You know what happened to them. <laughs> Poor dinosaurs. Yeah, that's sad. Chuck Norris joke number three. On the seventh day, God rested. Chuck Norris took over. A little sacrilegious, but... I was going to say, are we allowed to say that? Uh, you know. Lord, I apologize. I'm sorry. Chuck Norris joke number four. Chuck Norris drinks napalm to fight his heartburn. <laughs> I'm gonna have to try that. Uh, yeah, try that out. Chuck Norris joke number five. Chuck Norris once won a game of Connect Four in three moves. <laughs> <laughs> Always solid. Chuck Norris joke number six. Numero six. Chuck Norris can divide by zero. That's incredible. That's for all you mathematicians out yeah, there. Yeah, that's, that's that's impressive. Pretty impressive if you yes, can do it that. Is. Chuck Norris joke numero uh, siete. Yeah, there we go. Uh, it takes Chuck Norris 20 minutes to watch the show 60 minutes. <laughs> That's one of my favorites. Yeah. Cody actually told that beforehand and ruined everything. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> and our last but not least Chuck Norris joke. Freddy Krueger has nightmares about Chuck Norris. Mm. Didn't know if you guys true, knew that. That's a true story. Mm. Yeah. So there you go. Also, a uh, cool little Guinness Book of World Record here for you, Kevin. A uh, 41-year-old Egyptian man has broken the record for the deepest scuba dive. He plunged 1,090 feet into Ooh. the Red Sea. Oh, my. Now, get this. His descent was not very long. It was 12 minutes to descend. Hmm. Okay? Get what his, guess what his ascent was going back up. Well, I mean, that's where like the dangerous part of scuba diving because of... Correct. Uh, like, your head can explode. Yes. Yes. Right. Guess what it was? How many how many hours did it take? Hours? It was multiple hours. I was going to say yeah. an hour. No, no, way, way more. Really? Yeah. If you look, if you were taking your Patty e-learning certification, you'd know this. <laughs> I haven't got my book yet. Fair enough. Fifteen hours to ascend. So he didn't use tanks then. He had he had air like coming down to him he has four tanks on his back here now they probably had to replace those because 15 hours is a long time i was gonna say yeah yeah 15 hours to ascend 1090 feet can you imagine how pretty you'd be when you got up i would honestly just be glad to be alive (laughs) (laughs) but if you're doing it i mean you plan on being alive. This guy's, I'm sure, like did a bunch of research for this. Thing. And I'm sure he prayed a lot, too. Yeah. That's impressive, boys. 15 hours, though. What if you fell asleep? 
while you're coming back up. Well, you, that's a long sleep if you do that. I bet it was freaking cold too. Oh, no doubt. Unless you, uh, no doubt, use meth, and then you wouldn't fall asleep. <laughs> that's <laughs> our detective there. Yep. <laughs> I, he finds a way to bring meth into a lot of our podcasts. <laughs> I know it's it's weird. It's like he, I don't I don't even know. That's <laughs> our Cody. It's, it's like I see it and deal with it every day. It's weird. <laughs> We're glad to have Cody back on the yes, show. Yes, we are. All right, guys. So that's it for some uh, some fun Chuck Norris jokes. Maybe we'll throw those at you again sometime. Uh, let's get into the meat and potatoes of this podcast, if you will. Uh, Kevin, can you uh, just kind of give us a short little synopsis of what your last sermon from Sunday was on? Yeah, we we talked about King Saul, um, and really wanted to deal with that part of his life that I think. I think is it's a cha- it's challenging to look at it and to understand like what it's all about and it's it's where Saul pretty much gets kicked out by God you know God appoints him as king and then kicks him out and reason being and this is what it comes down to is is because God would rather have our obedience than our sacrifices um, and and what that summed up was you know Saul goes in he defeats the Amalekites. And God says, annihilate everything. Now, we can get into what that's all about some other time, but that wasn't the point of the message, nor what, you know, what, what we need to focus on. Because if we focus on that, then we'll miss the main, the main thing here. But what God says is, hey, go do this thing. And, and for reasons you know, that are kind of underneath maybe the surface of, what, of what's happening, Saul says, no, I'm, I'm going to take this wealth and and he tries to justify it and say it's for for good, but ultimately, like he's he's doing it because of his um, his feeling of inadequacy in in himself, uh, and and trying to you know bolster himself by wealth and prestige and power instead of finding that in God. And 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 what and ultimately, what God says and what Samuel says to Saul is, hey, listen, it would have been better for you to be obedient than to, you know, to, to give all this stuff to God. God doesn't need the stuff. He He wants you and he wants your heart. And it's the same for us. I think for us, I think we feel like if we can do these things for God, then we're doing something great. When, when at the end of the day, like what he really wants is our hearts, is our obedience, is our relationship with him, is to understand that side and not treat him like this thing that I can just give and then get something out of, you know, and, and so often that's how we approach God. And, and so that was, that was the, that was the topic. It was, and, and I think a, a story that is really important for us as we're growing to understand that God wants our obedience. And as hard as that is at times, like as we learn and discipline ourselves and commit to him in, in a deeper way, like that's going to bear much more fruit than, than if we gave him every bit of wealth that we had. Um, and, and that's a beautiful thing for us to understand. Yeah, definitely. All right. Thanks, Kevin. Um, also before we, before we get into the main topic, um, we are, I believe in the last week of the 21 day fast. We are. Um, is there anything that, you know, going into the last week, anything that we should just kind of, uh, keep in mind going into this or, um, did you have any kind of final thoughts going into the last few days here? Um, cause well, really we only have what three days left. Yeah. Maybe just some, some final thoughts, making it down the home stretch, that kind of thing. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I would say this, you know, we did this 21 day fast corporately. I think this should be something that we incorporate in our lives more often, not from a corporate standpoint, I'm not going to like every few months assign, you know, a fast for the church. But I think individually, like I, I hope that we're thinking about ways to incorporate this into our spiritual lives to continue to create discipline and do these things. The other thing that I really, you know, and I, and I pushed this Sunday is this idea of hearing from God. Like really pushing and moving in that direction where we're opening ourselves up by 
by eliminating distractions to re- to truly hear from God is an essential part of, of why we did this. You know, we, we want to know, okay, God, what do you have for us? Okay, God, how do you want to release us? Okay, God, in my personal life, like where, what are areas that, that I need to work on and what are things that I need to do? And, and what he revealed to me over the last three weeks was just how much distraction I allow, you know, to permeate my life and how, when I can keep that distraction out of the way, how much more whole and 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 how much deeper that relationship that I have with him is and how good it is and how much better my life will be because of that. And and so I think it's it's hearing you're right there. <laughs> Down the wrong tube, huh, Cody? Yes. That's our Cody. <laughs> but but I think, you know, speaking of distractions. <laughs> Good timing. We man. need to eliminate this distraction, Nate. <laughs> well, he's got a gun, so <laughs> oh, yeah. Wait, never mind. You can stay. Um, but I, but I do. I think I, I think it's just trying to seek and hear hear from him in a deeper way. And what does that look like? You know, that's what it's been for me. How do you feel like it's been for you? Like, what do you feel like God's been revealing to you, Nate? Like in this? Um, well, I, I'll be honest. Like I know you you kind of mentioned before the podcast started that you are thinking about keeping some elements of your fasting, you know, continuing on with that. I myself will not be probably, uh, <laughs> at least for Has a it while. been a struggle? Yeah, it has been. It has been. Uh, anytime you give up something that you, you like to do or you, you know, consume a lot, um, like it's, <laughs> it's not fun. And now I, again, do you feel like it spiritually though? It's been, it's been helpful. Oh yeah, for for sure. Yeah. Really? Yeah. I mean, like I mentioned, I, I know I keep throwing this word out intentionality, but like it has made me more intentional about thinking about the things that I um, do with my time or put it in my body, um, and it, it has been spiritually good and, and refreshing and healthy. I think the past few weeks, and I'll definitely get on you know back on board with doing this again, um, and, and really just trying to grow closer to God again, but. You know, once once Super Bowl Sunday comes around, I'll I'll probably stop for a while. Yeah, it has yeah. been tough. Maybe. Well, and that's okay too. But again, I think it's and I don't think it's something that you have to like has to be a continuous thing. I think I think the most important thing in it is that it it we don't slip back into and this is what I we all have a tendency to do. Just don't slip back into well just norm is just norm and so I'm just going to embrace that and I'm not I'm never going to change or, or, or challenge that or come up against that yeah. I think when we do that like we get in those ruts that we all know we hit at times right ruts that 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 we get in and then we're just like you know I'm here and I just don't really want to move out of here because here is easy here is mm-hmm. here is comfortable here is you know I can float along and then you, after you're here for a while right then you realize you know what it's it just turns into blah, you know. Eventually, I mean, it always does. I don't care how much joy we think it's going to give us; it's always going to be just blah compared to, you know, what we can truly have when we're really diving into what God has for us. Yeah. What do you think, Cody? Like, how, like, has it been? You know, has it been something? Have you have you have you seen some of the spiritual spiritual growth? Has God challenged you in any ways? Like, yeah, I I didn't really participate like in the full 21 like we talked about it a couple weeks ago i mean my wife and i we did the abacare cleanse yeah yeah and so we didn't do the whole 21 day they have a 21 day cleanse actually but um but you know i mean it's we've done it before and it's a it's a humbling thing and like nate said it's Whenever you take away things that you love and enjoy, especially the, the uh, dairy, like Paige and I love cheese. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, that was a struggle. Uh, but, you know, then part of what I talked about a couple weeks ago, too, for me, was just investing time with my family yeah, and kids. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. And, and with my wife in particular. Yeah. And, and I, I do know that there has been a lot of raw communication and emotions that we've discussed with each other that if if we didn't do that – or do what we've done the last couple of weeks, we wouldn't have experienced that. And I think it's been healthy. Um, so there's been good things that came from it and, um, you know, definitely with God in the center of all that. But yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's been good. And I think the end result, like you mentioned at the beginning was just humbling ourselves before God and, yeah. and understanding that. And I think that's 
been beneficial for both of us. One thing that's been like just a tr- like a really a, a true blessing in this is to see how many people participated. Like I just didn't think it was going to get a lot of play and I, and but there were a lot of people and you know I told somebody the other day, you know, um cuz my my what I fasted from changed, you know, from week 1 to week 2 to week 3. But and and I think it it that's not the the main point. Like I you know, whatever you did or however you did it, as long as you did it and it was to the glory of God and it was, you know, it was something that you embraced in that way to kind of to to grow deeper in him and in whatever way that was and whatever way you challenged. Like that that's the most important thing. I don't care I don't care what it was. But to see that many people like participate just was a true blessing and you know I don't know that we're going to see like instant results that's not how this works but I believe what we've done has created an avenue for God to maybe connect with this church and this body in a way and then and and really create opportunities that that maybe we won't see even for years to come but and and I think you know to then participate in this. This is going to for sure become an annual thing. You know, we will be doing this every year at the beginning of the year, you know, from here on out and maybe at other points, but but you know, I think I think it was it was it was really neat to see how many people said, "Yeah, I'm going to I'm going to do this" and then have done it well. Pretty cool. Yeah. Anytime we challenge ourselves, especially for the glory of God, I'm sure he'll uh he'll be smiling down on us for that. So yeah, looking forward to uh, finishing up strong the last three or four days here and, um, you know, definitely getting back into this again here soon, whether it's next year or, or before that. So looking forward to it. All right, guys. So let's go ahead and uh, switch gears here. Um, let's go ahead and get into the topic that we're uh, going to talk about today. Um, Cody brought up a good topic uh, earlier on and and the topic was. He actually came up with like three really good really topics good. that we're going to use. Yeah, we are. Like I was, use. I was thinking yeah. that's our schedule for the next like month. <laughs> like it, they were really Score. good. Yeah, they yeah. were really good. Yeah, really good topics. And and we thought you know this one will be appropriate for today. Um, this is a good time to just maybe reflect on uh, some things in our lives and some stories in our lives that um, we found uh, to be impactful in some way. So Cody's idea not was not just general stories though biblical bible stories bible yeah. stories like children service. yeah like like when you when you said that that's what i thought of i thought like sunday school the answer is always jesus <laughs> <laughs> here's your star scratch yeah. and snip it yes <laughs> i love those stars so yeah we're, we're gonna go ahead and talk about you know what are some some biblical stories some things that are straight out of the bible that have um, either been impactful in our lives or we just thought were just really good stories um, that, that have helped us in some way. Um, so I'll, I'll go ahead and get it started here. Um, there were a few things that kind of jumped to my mind. I think not the necessarily the coolest story and at least in my opinion, the Bible, but the coolest moment in the Bible was revelation 22. Uh, when Jesus, uh, the angel comes back, was it angel or Jesus? I always forget. Like, how do I explain that? The angel, you may have to look that up, but it comes back to John and I, I th- basically says, um, you know, I will be back, right? Like that's a cool moment um, in the Bible, but not necessarily a story. And then I thought, you know, Abraham's a really cool story. You know, this yeah, guy. Jesus. Yeah. Okay. Verse seven, and behold, I am coming soon. Blessed is the one who keeps the words of the prophecy of this book. Is that what you're referencing? Yes, that's what I'm referencing. Yep. yep. I, Jesus, have sent my angel to testify to you about these things for the churches. I am the root of the descendant of David, bright morning star. Yeah. So that's a cool moment. You know, Abraham's a really cool story, too. Like, just the fact that he was literally about to sacrifice his own son just because God told him to have that amount of faith. Like, you know, that's that's something you don't see every day in in today's world and and even back then. So that's a cool story. But I, I think one story that's always resonated with me was the story of Daniel. Um, you know, and just how Daniel for the most part was just a, he was a simple servant. Um, I would go on to say probably a slave. You, you could maybe consider him a slave, right? Cause he was a slave to, um, Nebuchadnezzar and Babylon. Served yes. Under Nebuchadnezzar. I mean, that's how, that's how it started. 
you know, he was established and became, you know, a, a political leader. But I mean, when he started, yes, very much so was a was a slave, uh, you know, and and taken from his home, uh, put in, you know, a a, you know, brought to Babylon because he was one of the brightest and best that that Israel had to offer. You know, his mind. You know, and, and and you know, just all those things. His talent, his gifting, like they recognized that in it. They took him, and then he, gave he was him basically education. like a like a I I wouldn't call like a secretary, but like kind of like an advisor almost. He became that. He, yeah, became that. he became that. Right. Yes. So you know, just a, a a pretty simple guy for the most part. You know, he his faith to God never waned, but he still served an earthly leader that maybe he didn't necessarily obviously agree with. Um, you know, the Babylonians weren't, at least from what I remember reading, weren't necessarily the most forgiving of people and, and things like that. So, you know, <clears throat> here's a guy that's serving an, an earthly king, um, probably doesn't want to, but he's going to, right? Because he knows that this is not the kingdom that is highest and the most powerful um, kingdom. He realizes that God's kingdom is uh, is the ultimate, you know, uh, the pen. Th- this is the penultimate kingdom, right? Like God's kingdom is the ultimate kingdom. It's it's the highest. Right. Yeah. So, you know, that story of Daniel just humbling himself to serve a king that maybe he doesn't necessarily agree with, um, and 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 serving well, just a good and faithful servant, but still serving the highest God, um, is that's just amazing to me. Um, you know, I think that's an important thing for us to, especially in today's world, um, with, with all the political turmoil and and disagreement, like that's something we should strive to do is, you know, serve whatever leader that, that is leading us that was appointed by God in some way. But, to realize again that this is not the end all say all here on earth. There's a higher kingdom. Um, and we're going to strive for that. And, uh, I, you know, you could get in into Daniel and the lion's den and, and how, you know, he was so faithful that, that God, uh, rewarded him, you know, keeping him safe from the lion and everything, but just the stuff before that, I find very fascinating with Daniel. So that's my story. Yeah. I mean, his truly is like a story of, someone whose faith and commitment, you know, to who God was. I, I mean, and I just love that line. You know what? Like, my God may not choose to save me this day, but he absolutely can. Yeah. You know, and just that power knowing that, hey, listen, like, I'm probably going to get ripped to pieces because of these lions, you know, but at the I, but I, I, I'm just telling you right now, like I will never give up on this God because he is, he is bigger and greater than anything that you can throw in at me. King Nebuchadnezzar. I mean, that, that was be, and actually we have a lot of evidence from the word that Nebuchadnezzar actually became a follower of God later in his life, you know, from some things that happened, which is a really cool thing. I mean, the influence of, you know, those individuals and Daniel, especially who, you know, were so faithful and committed to God and, and it, it changed his heart ultimately, which is a really neat thing because he was the most powerful king in the world at that time. Mm. Yep. So yeah, Daniel, uh, Daniel's story, it's always really intrigued me. So that's my story. And you're sticking to it. And I'm sticking to it. <laughs> well, if it's biblical, like you have to stick to it, right? right. Like you yeah. have a choice. <laughs> it is right. Yeah, good point. Good point, man. <laughs> Cody, what about you, man? I'm like you. I had a bunch of stories that, you know, I thought about and the one that I've always liked even as a kid was David versus Goliath, the the battle of the the underdogs or the underdog versus the giant, right? So, you know, we've always heard about like how David was this quote-unquote underdog. But when you think of underdog, like I think of sports, you know what I mean? Like if I said Yeah, we all do it. Right. Yeah. yeah, so like if I said name an underdog story, what pops out that in, in your mind? Like, what's something that pops up? Because I can uh, name a couple. Jim Valvano, NC State. <laughs> Ooh, that's a good one. <laughs> that is a good one. Yeah. yeah. Never Dude, give up. I watched the Tiger Woods documentary. Oh, that's night. good. Yeah. Have H- you guys seen it yet? HBO. I watched part oh, of HBO. it. I haven't yeah. seen that one yet, no. Oh, gosh. You got to check it out. Yeah, it's good. But his 
comeback after the injury. Yeah. Oh. That I mean, you know, his I mean, he's not his life was a wreck. I mean, he's got he definitely has his problems, but yeah. like that moment in sports history for me, and we're talking sports. Some some of our fans, some of our fans, some of our listeners are going to be like tore our, up about this. Our twelve fans, yeah. Hey, we have fans. Merch. They're not fans. They're, we'll get merch for our twelve fans. <laughs> not fans. They're listeners. <laughs> they're fans. They're, they're Jesus fans, and we're followers. Yes, yes, yes. Okay, I can, I can, I can go with that. Proceed, Kevin. Sorry, <laughs> but like that moment where they're following down down the the fairway. You know, as he's winning um, uh, the PGA Championship. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. That is brought tears to my eyes. Man. Oh my gosh! Like yeah. first time I think golf, like golf's ever seen that, right? Like yes, because golf is such like a etiquette sport. Like you don't step on the greens, you don't do, you know, you yeah. don't clap loud or whatever. That was, I mean, seriously, an yeah. incredible, incredible moment. Heck yeah. Probably what, the, like a great redemptive story. Yes, yeah. yes. Now and and again, not that he's you know. I mean, we don't know what's going to happen to the guy. Like he's, you know, he definitely has some major problems. But right. that was a, a cool, cool thing. Yeah. What about the miracle on ice? Probably ninety five. Oh my gosh. Yeah, that was good. Um, no, I have. A it co- wasn't ninety five. I thought it was like 85. eighty five. No, eighty. It was eighty. Is it eighty? It was during the Iran hostage yes, crisis. Yes, yes. That's all Ni- I remember. Yes, nineteen eighty. Yeah. yeah, it was eighties. But the okay. miracle on ice. That was the one where the college USA. Hockey team. I mean, essentially, that's what they were. Yeah, goes up against the greatest hockey team the world has ever seen in the Russians, and that was inc- that's an incredible movie yeah. for one thing, and just piece of history that's really cool. I wonder yeah. if that's where Mighty Ducks originated, like their idea. Remember those movies? Yes, yeah. Flying V, D, the yeah. flying, Mighty Ducks, yeah. the Flying V, Knuckle Flying Pucks. V. Yeah. <laughs> How about the uh, 2008 Super Bowl? I think that was probably my favorite Super Bowl I've ever that watched. Was Patriots Giants? and the Giants? Yeah, yeah. the Tyree yeah. catch on the helmet. Yeah, that's yeah. impressive. That or uh, Buster Douglas knocking out Mike Tyson. Yeah. yeah, we have to come up with another story that's not sports related. Well. When I'm talking about underdogs, Kevin. And I know. We always, when you hear underdogs, you think of sports. My favorite. We need Nelson for military history because <laughs> I guarantee there's some out there. Yeah. Well, uh, Germany. We took down Germany. That's that's pretty <laughs> awesome. Uh, Hannibal. Yeah. Hannibal versus the Romans. Yeah. Yep. There you go. Well, he did have elephants. So <laughs> maybe. He I mean, if you got elephants, it's hard not to. It's hard not to call that. But a my win. favorite yeah, underdog story outside of the Bible is the 2005, 2006 Hillsborough versus Greenfield McLean Blues. Oh Boys. my <laughs> god. Yes, no. <laughs> I had to do the plug again. Oh. Oh. Always going there, Kevin. You know, yeah. it's always yeah. meth and then the Hillsburg-Greenfield games. That's all this guy Hillsburg talks about. Because Nate walks in with Greenfield clothes, and it always reminds me. I'm sorry. Jeez. Here we go. Oh, gosh, dude. But no, I, you know, I've, I've always loved this story, and um, I thought if a title of it would be like improbable victories. You know, like when whenever you think of uh, David – and the way the Bible explaining, David's just this little shepherd boy, right? Yep. And this Goliath guy. Now, I've seen conflicting, you can correct me, but uh, conflicting like measurements of this massive of a man. Like one said over nine feet tall. Nine feet is what I've always heard. And then there was one where they said like the cubits, cubits are like 18 inches or something, which would have made him like six foot seven or no, six foot nine. Which one? That sounds more doable. Either way, I mean, that's I mean, pretty huge. I mean, big dude, yeah. Right? Yeah. I've always heard the nine-foot thing, and I don't, you know, I've not got into the, the science of it or anything, so I, I'm sure. Yeah. You could pro- I mean, does it matter, though? I mean, probably the average height was, you know, right. five, six foot. A lot so shorter a, than us. I mean, think about seeing Shaq. Yeah. You know, those guys, just how huge they are and how, you know, how they tower over people. And, and realistically, like seven, six, seven, seven. what is that like the tallest? Something, like, Something that. like that, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So, I mean, even if it was only, only, even if it was only seven, five, you know, still huge. Yeah, no, but I, I mean, this, this, the underdog story or what is perceived from David versus Goliath, it's appealing because it makes the world feel just, right? Like it's, it gives the small guy an opportunity or hope or faith that they can achieve something. Yeah. Because if the big guy always, when you know, you think about politics, right? I mean, you look at Trump and um, Clinton. I mean, you can say that was an underdog victory. I mean, because so was, yeah. many people thought Clinton was going to win. So it, it keeps you inspired to, to try to achieve something great. I mean, even if you don't have the plug or the outlets that certain people have and, um, 
but I would I was looking up some some topics with this and and you know trying to obviously I looked at the Bible itself you know First Samuel chapter seventeen um, for the story but I also tried to look at different people's opinions and I came across um, a guy who wrote the book called David and Goliath the Underdogs Misfits and the Art of Battling Giants and his name was Malcolm. Gladwell, Kevin, Dave, you said you, yeah, fantastic writer, yeah, fantastic, and and his perspective really intrigued me because I've always looked at David and Goliath as an underdog versus like you're always facing giants in your life. Um, we all battle giants, and you know, and and you know, are considered an underdog to these to these giants. But he his perspective was a little different, and he asked that he proposed the question like, was David really an underdog? You know, was he really an underdog? So you think about. You got this nine foot, six foot nine, whatever it was, guy calling out the uh, Israelites, telling them to send their their man to come fight him, right? And uh, and so here comes little David, and he brings this sling. And the way he explains explains this is, you know, and, and I've I've been guilty of this when I think of a sling, and David's holding. I'm thinking of like this little child's toy, right? Right. But he goes in and talks about how like these Israelite scholars are able to to identify that this sling was not some child's toy. Like this thing literally had the ballistics of a forty five caliber handgun. I mean, he's taken down lions and wolves yep. and things. Lions and bears. Yeah. Are, but there's accounts of both those, David killing both those. Sure. Yeah. And so, you know, you think of that, like and then you think about the distance. Like they were separated. The Bible talks about a valley, right? And so they're separated. So was David really the 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 um, was he the giant? You know, or you, you definitely about, had the advantage. Yeah, tactically. Yeah, yeah. So like, and then you know the distance, and then at one point Goliath says, "Come to me," and he's wanting the person to come to him because that's what he specialized in. They he goes on to talk about there was like three types of warriors back then. You had the guys who were close fighting with the swords and the spears. You had your archer guys, and I can't remember the third one, but uh, Chuck Norris. Yeah, and then there was Chuck Norris, <laughs> and he was the best at everything. <laughs> But uh, yeah, no, he so he said, "Come to me." But David took advantage of that and utilized his strengths um, behind his faith with of you know God, right. you know. Um, so yeah, I mean that that really was intriguing. Whenever I uh, read that, I was like, you know, I've always thought of David as the underdog and you know achieving this giant or beating defeating this giant. Um, and I found this quote to kind of summarize what Gladwell said, and it, it come from a guy named Bill Murray Jr. I don't know if you've ever heard of him. Mm-mm. And he said, the lesson isn't simply that when a powerful competitor takes on a smaller one, the smaller one might nevertheless win. Instead, great leaders understand that the real keys to battle are sometimes obscured by, the mis- by our misconceptions. Perceiving them correctly can amount to a Goliath-sized advantage. Hmm. Yeah. So, I mean, it's, you know, it, it's something that when, when, when you hear this story... And you hear about this little David defeating this Goliath um, or this giant, you know, and we apply that to our to our life, right? And and we look at some of the giants that we face, and and you know, I can go back in my life and think of a lot of giants. You know, one of the commons we common ones we talk about is the loss of my son Lincoln, or I could talk about my accident where my leg was injured and they said I would never walk again, or you know, other various things, personal relational things, you know, and and those giants, and the times that I've want to say that I've came out on top first thing was is I I emphasized God in the center of those those issues but the other thing was is I changed perspective or my perspective and and didn't let the those giants defeat me and essentially that's what David did and, and, and it's not that he was an underdog I mean he's he was the giant in this situation and um and it's something to, to be to be said about that so yeah I think and I think too I'm, I'm you know, I love, I love that because it's not, you know, both your stories reference this, you know, even, even if, even if the perspective of David is, Hey, listen, like, you know, he is stronger here. Like it was, the perception was weakness versus strength. Yeah. And I think we see that over and over and over again in scripture, you know, this idea of weakness and then with God becoming, you know, that being strength and i think right. it it really is and you this is what you this is the this is what you bring up it's perspective mm-hmm. like do we buy into the perspective that we are actually weak or do we truly embrace the perspective which god wants us to that no with him we are the strongest you know right. and and even 
I mean, go back to the Daniel thing. Even if the outcome is not to to put Daniel on this pedestal of strength after he goes through this, after after it demonstrates him as, as weakness. Or same thing with David, right? He, he was weak and became strong. No, mm-hmm. even without that, like God puts us there, but even without that, like with God, even if we lose... We, that that strength still exists right. in us, um, and I think I think it's acknowledging our weaknesses, acknowledging those our failures, acknowledging those things where we've been beat down, where injustice happens, where politically things aren't going the way that we want, you know, whatever it is. Like it's it's understanding, embracing that, but but on the other side of that, knowing that like we serve and honor the God who created the universe and right. and ultimately like we can rest assured that whatever happens like we're with we're with the big guy yeah <laughs> we're with the winner yeah no I, I i i would add to that and say like even relation with my the loss of my son if my perspective was that my son died right like then i wouldn't be here but my perspective is my son died but i know where he's at and i'm okay with that Right. So like that's 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 where you become the David in this situation, because if David didn't do that, if I didn't do that, then David wouldn't we wouldn't have this story about David and I wouldn't have the story to share about my son in a positive light, you know, and in a, in a way that that I know that this is temporary and where I need where he's at is permanent and I know how to get there. Yeah. And so you change that perspective because it, it would it would be easy to go back and in that moment and be like, let's give up. He's dead. I, I don't want anything to do with anybody. I want to stay in this shelter confined place because my life is hard or, you know, oh, woe is me. I lost my son. Um, but no, I mean, I know where he's at. And at the end of the day, I'm good with it because I know how to get there. Well, and, and too often, like, we focus on the negatives. Oh, it's so easy. I mean, look around. It's so easy. I mean, look at look, everywhere you look, it's negative, negative, negative. And that's, it's, it's, it gets exhausting, but you have to just keep that perspective of eternal perspective and, um, fight through it, fight through yeah. the muck, fight through your giants. I mean, whatever giant it is, I mean, just fight through it, keep that eternal perspective. It's not going to be peachy clean. It's not going to be easy, but Every day you, you keep that perspective. I mean, you you're reassured every day that you have the best supporting cast you'll ever have, and that's God. I mean, yeah. And He's got us, and He has His hand down with us and carrying us through it all. Absolutely. Yeah. Kevin. My, well, and two. I mean, you know, you see this throughout the Bible, and is what you guys have already mentioned: the small guy becoming you know, the example of like who our God is. And that is like, I take the lowly things. I take the weak things. I take the poor things, you know, and in me, you know, I establish them. And so my, you know, again, I love, I love that. It's what I always, I've said this in multiple servants. The reason we love good stories, stories like that, stories like David, stories like Daniel, stories like the miracle on ice, stories like, you know, the sports Things that we talk, the, the the documentary of of Tiger Woods and seeing like the reason we love that is because it is such a such a clear representation of of us and our relationship with God. It is truth. It is God's truth. That is God's truth. I take these things and I establish them because they're with me. Mm-hmm. You know what? Were you gonna? Oh, I got to get closer to the mic, he said. Sorry. Here I am. Um so uh, so that but that that's and and mine's the same way. My the, the the thing that I picked which is Leah is one of my favorite characters in the Bible. Like, but before I talk about her, I you know, I told the guys beforehand like there were there are two things. Like Leah has always been a foundational her story's always been like a really foundational piece in my life. Like it's just always been really, it, it's something that's formed me and, and, and molded me, you know, from a scripture standpoint. One that I hit recently, <laughs> this is such an awkward scripture, but I've, I've started going through the Bible, you know, like every day, you know, I listen to the Bible um, and it, like it's taken me through the Bible in a year is ultimately what it's doing. Um, but the, the story came up of Lot living in uh, Sodom, I think, yeah, I believe it was Sodom. Sodom. 
and you know the family leaving and and God saying okay I want you to go to the mountains and he takes off to go to the mountains and he sees this town as he's going he said God what about this place can I just stay here like if I go to the mountains I'm going to I'm going to be out in the middle of nowhere and, and like I'm not going to survive and and so God said go to the mountains but he takes the shortcut and stays in this little town until he finally realizes like they're going to kill me like I got to get out of here and so then he goes to the mountains eventually is what he does instead of listening to God the first time he does it well, then you have this really awkward, weird scenario where his daughters are there in the cave with him, and they're like, there's no men except for our father. And so they decide, like, the only way for us to have children is if we sleep with our father. And, it, it, I mean, this is in the Bible, man. Like, it's I'm not making this stuff up. Like, it's there. It's messy, man. It is. But I think, and I think that's, I think, so there, that's, that's part of it for me is, hey, listen, it's not cut and dry. You know, these people are, like, messed up. I mean that's that's gross, dude. Like, just think about that, okay? I don't want to. I know <laughs> you don't even want to think about what that means. It's that horrible. But but here's the point. Again, God said, "Go to the cave. Trust me." You know, and 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 in that, I think we can say, you know, if God brought them here, told them to go here, don't you think God's going to take care of this? You don't have to take care of yourself. But too often, we want to put the power in our own hands, the control in our own hands, and not trust that God's plan, because it's not happening when I want it to, isn't going to work out. Now, that's an extreme case of that. But how often do we do that in our own lives? All the time. We, we're always trying to put it the power in our own hands instead of trusting God's plan, trusting that he's going to see us through. You know what? You know, from from a standpoint of children and and having a son, I mean, we've had this conversation a hundred times, Cody. That's one of them impossible things to like trust God with, almost. Mm-hmm. You know, but that's what He asks us to do. Then, right. like, reel it back some, like, from our jobs and our success and the power that we get and the financially where we are. Like, do we trust Him with that, really? Because I'm sitting here, like, even thinking about tithing and things like that. Like, that's very hard for me. Because do I trust that God's going to come through? Right. Do I trust that his math is better than my math? You know, God math. Do I trust that? I mean, there's so much about that 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 I think, you know, we can learn, you know, in these stories of, like, when we try to do it ourselves, it's always going to come short. But when we, when we truly lean into him and trust him, like, it's always better than we could have ever imagined. That kind of remind me of... Uh I had to look it up. The woman that turned to stone, Sodom. Yeah, Lot's wife. Lot's yeah. wife. Yeah. yeah, when she looked back at Sodom. Yes. After you know, not trusting. Not same thing. That whole story is <laughs> yeah. just filled with examples of that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Just holding on to something that is is just not holy, right? <laughs> yeah. It's an, and not. It's it, not going to make you whole. It's gonna. Right. It's gonna fragment your life ultimately. Mm-hmm. Um. The the one like I say that that really though has been probably the most influential to me is is the story of Leah, and the setup is this: you have, you know, Jacob, who works for his uncle Laban, and sees this woman he falls in love with, Rachel, and just he like he wants her as his wife and, and and Laban says work for me 7 years and you can have her. And so he does. He works for him 7 years. At the end of that 7 years, he gives him a wife. They are married. You know, the guy gets hammered drunk, goes to bed that night. His wife comes in, you know, they consummate the marriage. He wakes up and it's Leah, the ugly sister as ultimately. You know, the the sister that he didn't love, you know, it's the other one. And he goes to, to Laban and he says, what have you done to me? Like, you promised me this. He goes, you can have Rachel. Like, take Leah through her through her wedding um, week and then Rachel's yours the next week and then you work for me seven more years. And he says, I can't marry the, 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 the younger off before the older, ultimately is what he says. He's trying to get rid of both these women in one shot and get another seven years. I mean, Laban was a crooked dude, you know. I mean, he's just not a good guy. So he does. And the story goes on. Leah is, I mean, it describes her as, this is what it says, when the Lord saw that Leah was hated. That was her place. You know, in Jacob's heart, she was she was the hated one. 
it says he opened her womb. Now, this this scripture is just, in my opinion, is just beautiful. It says, it opened Leah's womb, but Rachel was barren. So Rachel didn't have kids. She was the loved one. Leah did. She was the hated one. And Leah conceived and bore a son, and she called his name Reuben. For she said, because the Lord has looked upon my affliction, now my husband will love me. She conceived again and bore another son and said, Because the Lord has heard I am hated, he has given me a son also and has called his name Simeon. Again, she conceived and bore a son and said, Now this time my husband will be attached to me because I have borne him three sons. Therefore, I'll call his name Levi. And again, what's she trying to get? She's not trying to get God's love. She's trying to get her husband's love. She's trying to get her husband's affection, her husband's attachment, her husband, you know, that that he'll actually see her in a good light. And it never happens, never happens, never happens, never happens. And then it says, she conceived again and bore a son and said, this time I will praise the Lord. And, and I think that's the progression of our lives so often, right? Like, until we recognize there's not anything in this world, not cultural acceptance, you know, not wealth, not power, not the right job, not the right relationship, not the right situation, not the right, you know, what you name it, whatever that thing is for you, that is never going to give you what you want. Only when we say, God, I need to receive my life and what gives me life from you and you alone, are we truly going to be satisfied? I, just to me, that just speaks volumes to, 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 to my situation and my relationship with God, and I think the world, you know, and, and how we view God in, in, in those ways. And it just has always really helped shape me from a standpoint of, like, I'm not in, you know, a church of 20,000 people. You know, we're in Leesburg. You know, and and there are a lot of people you know that I know that I went to college with. They'll probably look at that and say, "That's not success. That's not where I get my worth." Or even you know, from an agricultural standpoint, I mean, they're the big dogs are out there looking at us, saying like, "You know, you're you're a nobody. You're a two bit nothing." You know, but if I gauge my success based on them, or what is in my bank account, or what I drive, you know, or or how I look, then I've already failed if it's not wrapped up in who I am in Christ and Christ alone. That's that's the only success that matters. But but culturally, like it's constantly pushing us. You know, I even before I came, I was in the, I'd take a shower before I came and I just started praying. And it was just, you know, just kind of just one of those moments where God just kind of just wake up in this fast. And it was me pointing to my failure, my inconsistency you know, my inability to have the right perspective, you know, my, my failures morally or, or, you know, my, in my, my lack of talent or gifting and just saying, God, look at this good. The, the only way that I become who I really should be is if I truly trust you to establish me and not establish myself. Take my hands ultimately off the wheel, right? That cliche saying like, take my hands off the wheel and you take over, like you really steer the ship. And continuing to, and that's, and again, you think about like something that's been big, you know, as we fasted, that's what God has consistently said to me is let me, let me have my rightful place in your life and then we can go someplace. Good stuff, fellas. Faith and trust. Big themes there, faith and trust. Mm -hmm. So, uh, well, any parting thoughts, Kevin, or parting wisdom, Cody? I'm a man. I'm 40 now, so, I mean, I got a lot of that. <laughs> also, uh, half a mustache, too. <laughs> Looks like you fell in a sandbox. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, it is pretty ugly, but I'm... You got to let it go. Just let it keep going. I am. I don't, I don't yep. think I can leave it for Sunday, though. You have to. I'm not coming unless you do it. Oh, jeez. <laughs> <laughs> same, same. What said. <laughs> All right, uh, Cody, Kevin, either we, either of you guys want to pray? Kevin does. I can pray. I haven't awesome. prayed in a few weeks. So. Let's do that. All right, let's bow our heads. Father God, Lord, um, we do. We thank you. I mean, anytime we look at your word and just how it's shaped and molded our lives, like. 
I mean, it, it is the biggest transformational piece, you know, that we have, you know, anytime we're growing or learning or, or studying you or looking at those things that you've put in your word to challenge and grow us. Like it is incredibly encouraging and, and transformational God. And we just thank you for giving us these, you know, this, this written word, God, for giving us, you know, uh, a way to know and understand you more through your people and, and how you loved them and how you worked in and through them, God. And I just, we just pray that you work in and through us, God, in whatever way you see fit for this podcast, for our lives individually, with our families, with our kids, God, like we just lift them up to you and just ask that, that you give us wisdom and understanding to shape their lives, to help shape their lives into the people that you would have them be. God, we we ask for this church, Lord, and in this fast and this time, God, just for you to shape us, to transform us, to move us, to to that revival come from this, God, that powerful things come from this, Lord. I think a lot of times, like as we pray, we we think about these small things that we want to see happen in our lives. When when you're saying, "Listen, do you realize how big I am?" Like, ask for the big stuff. Like, ask me in this. Call me into these things and see what I do. And and so we do right now, God. We call you into our finances. We call you into our jobs. We call you into our ministries. We call you into you know this church, into this community. We call you into this pandemic, into the political situation that we find ourselves. God, we just ask for you to release your power in and through us, God. Not for our glory, not that we become established, Lord, but that you become established and 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 you are glorified in this. We love you and we thank you for our, your son, Jesus, for the sacrifice that he made so that we can live and really live in him. We thank you for the power that we have in the Holy Spirit when we come into relationship with you and we pray um, that we will continue to release that power into uh, the places that you've called us to. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Yeah, and if uh, if anyone listening wants to drop in their favorite uh, Bible stories, we'd love to hear them as well. Absolutely, tell them uh, or tell us how they have impacted you. Love to hear it, guys. Lots of lots of good Bible stories out there. There's plenty yes. to pick from. So, drop those in the comments or message us or call us. Get a hold of us. We'd love to talk about it with you. All right, guys. Well, go forth. Love God. Love others. Kevin, Cody, it's been real, guys. Bye-bye. See ya. Adios.